Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Now I feel like now I'm now I'm here. Now I'm in the room. That's what I was going to say. We're going we're going Rogan on him. We're going super zoned in right now. I feel <laughs> I always feel like I look kind of like a like um I, there was like this this show on Disney Channel. Um, it was about like robots, but they were like it was like a circular robot. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the name of the show. It's like it's so obscure. But every time I put these on, like I feel like I'm like. I just feel like I'm like a cartoon or something, but I always I always feel the same way. It always just really accentuates my godly shaped head. You know, it just makes yes. it perfectly right around. Yes. Well, I just have like a I have like a me and Kaylin have the opposite shaped head. Her her head is very um she she has like a, a larger forehead and like a like a her that comes down this way, and then I have like a triangle shaped head. Got it. And so like my head's like goes this way so i feel like whenever i wear these it like squishes my head down but you also have a beautiful mustache that's for sure that's the distraction yeah you're right this that's no one's gonna be looking at this they're gonna be you looking at the freddie mercury situation it's, it's that, we that got joke going on. it's it's that joke that i can't remember the comedian that said it but it's just like whenever i'm talking to you i feel like i'm just staring at your mouth the whole time i'm not looking <laughs> i'm not i'm not looking at you in the eyes i'm just literally sitting here staring at your lips <laughs> I feel like I know that who that is. Who is that? I, some uh, I don't know. Some somebody, some famous person said it. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but uh, but cool. Let's uh, let's uh, we can go ahead and jump on into things because I know that if we just start rambling, we me and you can can chat for a while. But this is a very special moment because, dude, you were the very first guest on this podcast ever. Guest number one. You're right. You're right. I remember. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. 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 Wow. It was, it's, was it, that the last time I was on the podcast? Well, so remember we we did the in person drunk cast with with you and Kaylin, mm. but this is the first time since uh yeah since the very first episode that we've done it just me and you together. So it's a special moment. Absolutely, how times have changed too. I know, right? It's been a little little bit different in in more ways than one. But uh but yeah, dude, I'm 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 stoked to have you on. I know we're gonna gonna chat about. Uh, a plethora of different things, and um, but first off, just for for people who the the couple people who don't know you who, are, who you are, just give the quick elevator pitch rundown, whatever, just of who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, my name is Carter. Um, I am uh, by day a um, online fitness coach and enthusiast. I would say um, by afternoon, um, I am a, a enjoyer of. Um, Fine wines, uh, dining out, uh, good conversations, um, and thoughts about the unknown. Mm, talk to me. That's it. That's, that's yes, dude. You just, you just hit, <laughs> hit hit the spot right there. Uh, the only thing you could have added in was cats, and then we'd be good to go. That's just a. That's that's no. That's not a hobby. That's just like a lifestyle. That's, that's just like a. You know what? A, it's all day long. And what's funny is you might see Carl because it's it's like the witching hour or whatever right now. He if he runs back and forth behind me, my cat, like he he really he really might happen because he's just been he plays in the mornings and then at like really late at night. So if you see him running around or whatever, or just all of a sudden hop up here on the couch or something, don't be alarmed. Um, that's just just him playing around. That may happen, which will be very cat-like. Um, I would also have to warn you, um, which I've had to do with recent podcasts, um, Lucy, our cat, um, will start to moan. Like, uh, with sep- like our- we think that she has like separation anxiety. It's like gotten worse like since we last left. Like literally we'll walk down the, the like, room just like moaning for Kaylin to, to come back home because Kaylin just left for the gym. Oh my gosh, it's like the saddest thing ever, but it's also just like, 
I'm like on the podcast or like literally on like a phone. I've like been on like a phone call, like a, like a sales call, like, like a, with a client. And I've literally had to say, I apologize. That moaning noise that you hear is just my cat and it's, and they're okay. They just have separation anxiety. And they're like, okay, <laughs> sad. what's, what's going on in the background, Carter? <laughs> what, what is, yeah, uh, yeah. what's going on back there? Uh, that's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And I think one thing that I did want to touch on, so you guys, well, well, there's, there's quite a few things that I wanted to touch on. Um, one was your all's recent trip. Um, but first off, uh, to, so to the wedding and things, right. Um, but, but first you guys recently moved to Austin, Texas from Columbus, right? So why besides Joe Rogan moving there, why else did you move there? Well, so first things first, I moved here and then Joe Rogan moved here. So oh, that's, let's that's fair. get down by first. <laughs> yes. Um, but I would say, you know, it, there's like a number of reasons why. Um, one of the biggest reasons why we moved here um, was just like the people here, um, the people that we knew. And so um, we reached a point where like, obviously, I like we still love Columbus, Ohio. Um, but like literally all the friends who I had who had lived in Columbus, moved to Austin, Texas. And then we met a ton of other people who moved to Austin, Texas. And so um, like really the only, we knew a few people in Columbus who kind of did what we did, right? Which it wasn't a huge necessity, but it helps to kind of be around people who um, are, are like-minded in that way. Um, like the, the closest people that we knew like that in Columbus um, were Aaron and Jordan mm-hmm. um, and uh, Aaron Diamond and well, like Aaron Duggar and Jordan Duggar um, now. But um but they lived like an hour away. They always they live in Columbus. Like they live in like BFE, Ohio. Yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah. So um, that makes a difference. Yeah. So that was a big reason why um, we fell in love with this city whenever we came down to visit. Um, whenever I did Jordan Syatt's event. Um, so Jordan Syatt had a um, like he has this thing called the Inner Circle, which is like his membership, and he had a um, event that uh, I spoke at, and so we we came down and we visited then. Just kind of fell in love with the vibe of the city. Obviously, the weather was awesome. Um, just felt very fun, right? And this was also like pre-COVID too, so it was like right. Austin pre-COVID is like everyone's walking around going crazy, and so um, so yeah, it, it was. Those were probably the main reasons why we decided to move down here. Were just um, honestly just like people and just kind of the energy here. Yeah, right. And the reason the reason why I ask, I'm not just trying to, you know, get get random uh, um, reasons why you moved out. I think it's just because a lot of the people that that listen to this are are typically going to be someone in their early, mid, late 20s or something like that. Somebody who in even 30s, right, um, and beyond. But it's just like some people are going through that transitionary period in their life where they may consider moving somewhere, especially now with with COVID and things like that. Like where we just moved to New York City, which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of other people. People are doing, but uh, actually, some some so like John Romanello, for example, who's lived in New York his entire life. He's like, actually, if you would want to live in New York like longer term, if you would want to kind of take that leap, now would definitely be the chance because there's going to be fewer people, rent is lower. There's going to be you know just uh, as far as prices go and things, it's going to be a better opportunity. Um, so the the reason why I'm I'm getting at that is because I think people have this idea of potentially uh, or this dream of, of wanting to move one day. And I think it can be helpful to hear why someone like you. So how long did you all live in Columbus for a while? Yeah. Um, so, so we lived in Columbus. Um, well, Caitlin's like lived in Columbus almost her entire life um, outside of like moving a, a couple of times after college. Um, I lived in Columbus since like, I think I moved there like towards the end of 2017. 
um, early 2018, um, partly because I, I grew up in Ohio. And so it was like the big city always growing up. Um, and I love, there's like one specific part of Columbus. Um, and Kalen always jokes because I always like, if we're like out with like friends and like we're drinking and I'm like two drinks in, like I like become like, like I'm like the the tour guide for like the short north. I try to sell people on it. There's this one section. It's a single street. It's between campus and like a place called German Village, which is also a cool spot in Columbus. But this one street called the short north and it is the coolest street. Like it's an entrepreneur's paradise. Um, it's like, because back then I was very much romanticizing. Like I looked up to, I mean, we've talked about this, like guys like Mike Vacanti and John Romanello and, you know, Jordan Sai, all these guys, I like fantasize this idea of going to a coffee shop and just like, you know, writing blog posts and emails and doing that. And it was like the perfect location for it. There was like the best coffee shops in Columbus were on this street. Um, some of the coolest restaurants and bars. And I'm really big into that stuff. Like I love like really cool restaurants. I love really cool, like you know, bars and anything. Right. Um, so that was my big reason for moving there. Um, and you know, lived there for a few years, but you know, I, I think that like moving is also kind of, it's romanticized a little bit, right? Mm. Um, in, in terms of like, I feel like I need to move to um, you know, find yourself something or whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you ever had Kalen on actually, Kalen's like a great example of this. Cause I think that, you know, moving, I think can be a really great decision and also like a very, um, what's the, what, what's the term here? Um, like a delay of facing something. I don't know how to, oh, how to like say a mask, it, like it can mask the problem. Um, right. Yes, exactly. Right. And so, you know, it's funny how I feel like I've made moving decisions in the past that have been that. And sometimes when I think people talk about like someone moved across country, like, okay, what's going on in their life. But I also think that I've reached a point where, um, and maybe this has just come with age as an old 26 year old, I guess, but you know, with age, like realizing whenever like I want to do something like, like seeing opportunities, right? So very thankful that I have an opportunity where I can just like pick up and go somewhere else. Um, you know, I think we saw, we loved Columbus and honestly, we've talked about moving back there one day, but like the opportunity to move here and just, just go somewhere new where we've never gone, Texas, who I never thought in a million years I would live in the state of Texas. But I'm like, I think COVID was really a motivating part of it. Just a situation of like, you know, we don't know how long we have. Like you might as well just do it. Just go. Right. Um, well, like what's holding you back. So, yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. And plus no income tax. So I'm sure you're well aware. of that. Well, yeah, yeah. It's also my, my uh, tax advisor was also very um, supportive of the decision to move down. You know here what? As well, it's, so. it's not a bad idea to move there, you know? Um, so, so yeah, no, that's, that's, that's dope. But I, I, I could not uh, agree more. I think it's been kind of the same way with New York. If you would ask me, a year ago or two years ago, if I would be living in New York City, growing up, born and raised in Kentucky, it's like no, no fucking way. Like I, I really, I, I really wouldn't. Um, but, but I think uh, a testament to what you said about how it can get romanticized, especially moving to New York City. And don't get me wrong, it is just it's it's such a different world here. Um, and, like recently, my my little sister and her boyfriend came up, and it was his first time in New York City ever. So it was just cool to see the awe and astonishment and just like it, it really is just if you've never been here you have to make a visit at least once just to see it but the thing is is like whenever you move to a place you realize that you kind of move all of your routines habits problems solutions right like all your old old habits and things that even if i had it in kentucky i'm still taking that with me to new york city it can be a good restart right but it's still like my life is still wake up work go to the gym, 
eat eat dinner with Mal, you know, and then just like hang out and chill for the most part. Like that's that's mostly it. it doesn't matter if I'm Kentucky, if I'm in New York, if I'm in Egypt, like it really wouldn't matter. Like those are the main things that are important to me in life. And so I'm going to continue to keep doing that no matter where I go, you know? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think it's like, it's all like based on how you perceive it, right? Because you could look at it as I need to restart, but something I, I like to say instead of that, it's like the fresh start, right? Because you're not like restarting anything. It's just like, hey, here are the things I've been doing. I want to try these in a new location. Because I am a big believer. Um, I was li- literally just listening to Joe Rogan, uh, with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. I've actually liked him a lot. I know that you and I are friends of uh, your mom's house podcast. And yes. there was a period of time where like your mom's house was like making fun of Matthew McConaughey a little bit for, oh, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And so, and I didn't, I don't know Matthew McConaughey. So I was like, oh, it's funny. It's funny, whatever. But then I've been listening to podcasts with him and I'm like, I actually really like Matthew McConaughey. I'm surprised. I'm so he's actually <laughs> super down to earth and cool. I'm who like, would, who would have thought? Who would have thought that Matthew McConaughey was super charming and like, you know, cool to listen to? I know. <laughs> but uh, exactly. But right. Um, I, I agree. No, I'm, I'm excited about listening to that one for sure. Well, but the reason I brought him up, though, was because he says something on that podcast, which I thought was really cool. And because he's an Austinite. Um, so, so he loves here and he loves the city for a lot of the reasons I do. But he kind of said he, he likes to think of cities as like individual personalities of people. Right. And so you start, he starts, he, he, he kind of an, like used the analogy of like, who would you want to hang around a lot of time? Like, who would you want to like live with? What kind of person would you want to live with? And that kind of, like, for some reason that spoke to me whenever he said that. And like, I think I've subconsciously thought that way too, because I know that I can very easily fall into like the hustle and bustle of like a New York city. Um, I'm a very like high strung person. I get very like, anxious. I'm, um, I'm, you know, I'm always ready to go. So when moving down to Austin, Texas, like one of the things I was really looking for was obviously I, I love the city vibe here, but also just the very like nonchalantness of it. It's, it's, it's kind of like a couple steps down, like it's slower, not too serious, slower, slower is a great word. And, and, and they're all about having fun. Like they, they take things seriously, but um, especially with like work, like, like, business people down here, um, at least the people I've come in contact with, like everyone's very hardworking, but no one like judges themselves or like puts themselves on a pedestal for working more. Sure. Right. Um, for a while I did that in my life where I was like, I work more than you. I grind harder than you. So I am, you know, this, whatever. And coming down here, I've like really, uh, it's really helped me kind of embrace better work versus just doing more work. Um, and honestly connection with people too, and realizing, wow, like, when you are, you know, connecting with people who are like-minded and like putting in work, like everything's pushing you forward and like things just start to happen for you. And like Matthew McConaughey, like green lights, right? Like you kind of like his book, green lights. It's like, um, I don't know, that was like, I came down here because I knew that putting myself in an environment where things are a lot less serious would help me be a lot less serious. Mm, I really, I, I, I love that. Um, I, I, I can totally agree that it kind of, it does kind of set the personality and that's kind of where I did almost somewhat of the reverse by moving to New York City because I'm I'm not I, I'm kind of the opposite of that I'm I'm more Kentucky I'm more slow I'm 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 typically calmer I'm not uh, uh, I'm not as much hustle and bustle honestly uh, and, and so by moving to New York it does kind of complement my weaknesses a little bit by it kind of just puts you in that environment like right now like looking at my window there's just skyscrapers everywhere glass buildings just people doing shit right even even during covid times like it's still busy it's not dead here despite what you'll see on the news or whatever it's like there's still millions of people here so like um yeah it's just you walk around and you you see different different areas and you see different things and you're just like you you can't help 
but get inspired by that. And so I think by 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 living in Austin, Texas, or, or by something like that, um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that it's similar for you in in a in a different way. But is there anything? Is there anything that you've done as far as like day-to-day tactics or was there a mental reset you had to do? Was there some deep soul searching you had to do or whatever to kind of switch that gear into, okay, like I can probably relax a little bit, you know? Yeah, man. Honestly, it's kind of taken me being around people who uh, I either look up to or admire to be like and like watching them very proactively like shut down or um, not communicate about like business stuff all the time that has like, I've, uh, this allowed me to kind of sink into it. Right. It's, it's that's, that's another good um, example is like down here, like I've had like evenings where I've hung out with um, both friends and like friends who bring, you know, mutual or their friends who, who are doing like interesting things. Um, like I, my, my friend, Austin Floyd, who has like an ad agency, has a lot of friends down here who he's connected with through doing ads for them. So like really cool companies and like um, just like cool things going on in Austin. And like, it's interesting how like every time they're like, there's a gathering here, there's like not really much business talk. It's like all they're talking about, like what's interesting them and stuff. And I I think that for me, at least like for a long time, I've, I've spent a lot of my life, like at least my business career comparing myself to other people who are successful in business. And this person knows more about business than me and this and this, and it's kind of like exhausting a little bit. And so it's fun to, to come down here. And um, yeah, it's like, that's not like the only thing that matters, right? right. It, it's like everything matters. Um, another thing I've noticed here is, um, and I don't know if this is an awesome thing or just like a Southern thing, but like, it's kind of a very much a situation where you have everyone's trust and attention until you've like, Given them a reason not to give you that, right? It's not the opposite. Like you don't have to, pr- you don't have to prove yourself here. You just, you can only disprove yourself. Um, and and what I like about that is it sort of forces authenticity um, because you can't really hide anything here because you're gonna get found out if you're trying to hide things. But the good news is like you don't need to hide anything. So stop trying to not be yourself. You know, um, I don't know. It seems like I don't know if that's just maybe a growth thing for me that's happened, or if it's because there's just a difference in environments here versus um, when I've lived in Columbus or like stayed a little bit in Chicago. But I, I, I feel that completely. I think there's like a, there's a, there's a feeling of being safe, right. To, to kind of speak your mind, whether, whether you, you make 50 grand a year or 500 grand a year, right. Like you're, you're, you're welcome in uh, by, by most people, as long as you know, you're, you're a kind person or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that it can be helpful. And that's kind of what happened with me as well. Actually, in the very beginning, it was it was Mike Vacanti and it was Jordan Syatt, right? Like I, I know I saw them and I was like, okay, they have an ethical business that they enjoy running on a regular basis. They help a lot of people and they make good money doing it. That was kind of my uh, permission to, that I was like, okay, this is something that I could really look forward to doing. And I think whenever there, there's certain levels to that, of course, but then I, I found, you know, people, uh, so like Nate Green would be another example of somebody who, who works, you know, at least, at least of course, like I, I know Nate and stuff, but, but not like on his day-to-day basis on what he does now. Um, cause he's just like the Banksy of fitness and, and then whatever he does, he's just very behind the scenes, not on social media. But, but what really spoke to me was whenever he, I remember reading the first time that he said he worked like 
five or six hours today. It was very hardcore, intense, no distractions focus for five to six hours a day. But he was like, but then the rest of my time, like I want to go out to eat. I want to meet up with friends. I want to go uh, to dinner. I want to go work out. I want to just hang out and stare off into space and stuff. That was another key for me that was kind of like, here's your permission to not like compare yourself to others so hard because this is somebody that I did admire who I knew was making good money, who was doing well off doing work they love. And then, uh, uh, you know, I, I just saw that as an example, as a role model. And that's, that's kind of what, what I I'm trying to do for, for, for other people. And, and I'm sure that you can kind of, uh, feel that on a, on a certain level with, with the, the message that you put out to people as well. Right. As far as living a healthy lifestyle, enjoying yourself and, and then still, uh, you know, looking great, feeling good, um, and enjoying your life. Right. Absolutely, man. I, I love that. And um, I, I kind of agree I, in, in the same way. Like I, I love fitness a lot and, and it's you know made a huge impact on my life. And it's why I, I love being able to do it for other people. Um, and it, it's funny though, how like in the past few years, even I've started to recognize that more like the, like how fitness can add value to people's life. Like, and knowing that it's kind of like something that I'm good at doing. Um, a, a book I'm reading right now, it's just stuck in my head is uh, Cal Newport. It's so good. They can't ignore you. One of my favorites um, have you read right that behind book? me. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. I have all of Cal Newport's books. Okay. Yeah. I, I have loved deep work. And so I hopped into this one and it's awesome. But like something that's really been speaking to me since I've been reading it that went along with that is um, it, it talks about like the difference between like a purpose-driven mindset and like a craftsman-driven mindset um, and like career capital and all that stuff. And so maybe, this is maybe more specifically talking to business, but like, um, you know, I, I've gone through a period of time, honestly, in the past like year where I've not, st I've struggled a little bit with like, what do I want to do right now? Um, because I love fitness. I, I really do. But like, um, it, it, it's not like the thing that I love most. <laughs> in my life, if, if that makes sense. And so for a while, I kind of felt a little disingenuous, just a, a tiny bit with like always having to talk about fitness and always doing it whenever I know personally, it, it's not necessarily the thing that like, I like wake up and I can't wait to like do my fitness things for the day. Right. So something that book has really helped me with recently is understanding that like, well, it's been the go-giver. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Another I haven't, book. but so many people recommend it. I know I need to. Yeah. These two books are like perfect together. And I just like, serendipitously read them together, um, which is perfect. But, um, that, so in that, in the go giver basically talks about how like the value, like your value is based entirely off of like, like how much value you give for how much you receive or something like that. Um, and, um, or, or at least like what you give to the world and combined with, um, so good, they can't ignore you where he talks about how like you, you gain career capital and like you, you master the craftsmanship, right. Um, and that's how you get ahead or, or how you become successful. And so morphing those things together, realizing, you know, I have an amazing opportunity to really, I've gained career capital in this area from my personal experience and now having coached for years, right. And understanding the business side of things. So I have that right now. Um, and then also realizing that, you know, luckily we're in a field where we can really add a lot of value to, to people's lives and it's really cool. Right. Um, and I'm super thankful for that. I don't think I've been thankful enough for that fact that like, that's not something I've ever had to stress about is, am I actually adding value with what I'm doing? Um, and so combining those things together uh, more recently, um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought with what we, we initially started with. That's there. all good. You were talking about the craftsman mind the craftsman mind mindset versus the purpose-driven mindset and then the go-giver and, and kind of combining those two together. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something there, but like, um, 
I guess more recently, you know, going back to what we were talking about with like our, our businesses and stuff. Um, I think like doing those things and like realize the value I'm giving has like given me a lot of opportunity to stress less about work, um, which has in turn, like allowed me to grow in ways recently that I don't know if I would have done if I've been like really stressed about, um, you know, pushing forward with work and like making that the only priority. Um, like, I don't know, like, like recently I've hired like assist hiring assistant coaches. Right. And, and doing all this because realizing, wow, like I can only help um, like something I would get stuck in my head with, with the grind and like pushing really hard with like work and that whole like hustle and bustle of being entrepreneurship was, it was always about me. It was like, what, what am I getting out of this? Right? Like, how can I, you know, create the life that I want? And I realized the more that I did that, like just the more stressed I would get because I would hit walls and I wouldn't have anyone helping me. Um, but kind of since moving down here and, and changing the way I think about my business, I started to open up a little bit and realize how can I like create an environment where now other people can benefit in the same way. I can like bring people on who are amazing at doing what they're doing as coaches. And honestly, in some ways, probably better coaches than I am in in terms of actually helping people. Right. So having that conversation and then creating this environment for them to where now they can be successful in, in this world that I've created and we can help even more people. Um, Like, I don't think that would have happened if I would have stayed super only business focused and like not like gotten in an environment where it's so community driven and realizing how much I, I want that for myself. And so, right, dude, this is, this is the, this is the topic that I get so interested in because I feel like I'm, I'm somewhat at this stage. I feel like you're at this stage and I feel like a lot of people listening to this are, are at this stage and, and we're lucky to be at this stage where we, we, we make enough money on a regular basis to cover our rent, to co- cover monthly expenses, to, to, you know, enjoy the occasional cocktail, to get a bottle of wine or something at the uh, restaurant of our choice, enjoy a filet mignon here and there, right? Like we're doing okay. And I think that up to a point, up until this point, right, you have that mentality as a younger, as a younger person or until you gain that financial independence or whatever, like that's your main goal. That is, that is priority number one because you've got to make sure you have your security in check, right? You've got to make sure that your future is safe. But then after that happens, right, then you kind of have this uh, this early existential crisis or whatever. It's like, okay, now I've made enough money. I'm doing what I love. I know that my future is mostly in check because I can keep doing what I'm doing and maintain this type of lifestyle for, 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 for better or worse for the most part. Like I can handle myself, make enough money, and I'll be good to go to eat next month, right? In the next six months, right? Um, but then it's just like, what do you do once those base needs are met? And I think what gets really interesting is, is after that happens, then you're kind of like, okay, now it, the, the option is what make more money, you know, make a, make a bigger impact on people, get like more fame, right. Or, or like a, a combination of, of all of the above. And some people just get so caught up in the rat race of making money and getting better at business because there's never an end, right. It's like chasing the horizon, right. You can constantly keep comparing yourself to somebody else who's doing better. It's like, it's literally a never ending game. And that's, um, a, a, a testament to what you said earlier about being around these different types of people and realizing that business isn't everything. I, I feel like that kind of helps you snap out of it, but then you kind of turn yourself whenever you get that financial independence, then you can start to focus on your contribution to others. And, and by doing that, you can make your own life better, but then also you're giving careers and opportunities to these other coaches that you're working with that could also impact a greater amount of people under them. 
You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's kind of the next mountain that I can see climbing. It's just how bit, how much contribution to others can I have? And then how can I also make my make the things that I don't want to do on a regular basis? Like how can I somewhat eliminate those to someone else who may enjoy coaching more than you do and are better at it so they can better serve those people? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is um so this is why like I'm I'm not necessarily like a negative or negative person, but sometimes I can be pessimistic um, a little bit. Um, but when it comes to like, because a lot of people with social media are very kind of negative and pessimistic, right? But I've actually, I'm a very optimistic person when it comes to social media, because like what you just said, like being able to think this way at this stage, like being able to not necessarily be entirely money driven, but more like um, purpose driven in some ways, or, or like just like value driven or um, and when the, you create and the crap, the kind and of the- world. Sorry to cut you off. The the craftsman mindset as well, just getting better at what you do because it and doesn't have to necessarily be like a fitness coach, but as far as providing what you want to provide for the world, right? It doesn't have to be one vehicle or one avenue of just like, okay, a one-to-one fitness coach. You can do it in other mm-hmm. avenues. So yeah, continue yeah. on. Yeah. Well, just saying, I think that like it's allowed social media especially is allowed kind of this playground of doing what you want to do. Because like the, the thing with like making more money and like the business and the hustle and bustle. And like, you know, if you have a business, you have to keep building bigger and bigger and bigger. I think that's just been fed into like how business has operated and how the world has operated up to this point. Right. Because I mean, you talk to somebody, their goal is, you know, to, um, you know, join a, a, a firm and then work their way up to like a managerial position and keep making more money and more money. And then they're investing. And so like, that's kind of been the metric is how much money are you making? That's how you're successful you are. And then once guys get ridiculously wealthy, that's typically when you start to hear stories about people saying it, money isn't everything. Like I have all the money, but it didn't give me what I wanted. Right. <laughs> right. You always hear those stories, yeah. but I've always thought those stories are, it's really hard to like, I have a uh, sympathy or empathy or whatever yes. with those stories. Cause yes. if you're not there. Right. Um, of course. but I feel like, yeah, but I feel like with our kind of new world entrepreneurship and like with the internet, being able to kind of do whatever you want and people can, you know, discover you and you can help people. Um, I feel like those thoughts start to happen more quickly. Um, cause like even I've reached a point now where I have people who are making way more than me doing what I'm doing, but I'm not necessarily as driven to get to where they're at financially because I'm like, I don't know if I want the lifestyle that is going to require me to get there, you know? Um, And so it's cool that nowadays we can have that option. Whereas before you couldn't really have that option. It's like you either stay here or you just have to keep, you know, making your life more complicated with more money. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that's dude. It's, it's, that's a hundred percent. it. I think that that that's, that's kind of the key is like, I'm, I I can see all of these other people who are are making more money than me. They're doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. They're they're crushing it. They're doing all this. But then also I know that they're working super late hours every single night. They're not enjoying this. And we had this this conversation before. There's it's because it's a very me and you are kind of approaching things a, a little bit differently. And I, I don't know how much you want to get into the the future of things and what where your mind is at and things like that. But it was kind of more so the difference between you're, you're seeing, and, and I think that you can do it either way, but you were, you kind of had more of the sprinting mindset of like working super hard in the beginning stages of your life, which this makes a lot of sense, but I think it's just not how I'm wired as much. So I'm kind of spanning it out on a little longer period, but you were talking about how you, you just wanted to, you wanted to work really hard, you know, build up the nest egg, build up all these business opportunities, build up, uh, all these different things, and then kind of relax as you get into later stages of your life. And and for me, I've kind of just drawn it out a little bit longer. Uh, so a, a very practical example would be like, I, I would work, you know, 
and I'm not saying this is the reality, but I'm saying I would work six hours a day uh, over a, a longer period of time and you would work nine to 10 hours a day for a certain period of time, but then you can drop it down to like three or four, right? So you, do, you, do you see what I'm saying there? I think that there's an interesting way to kind of go about it. And it's always interesting to hear how people uh, do it themselves. Yeah, I, I like that. And honestly, though, I will say I, I've probably shifted a little bit in in that thinking too, because I think that was also the tail end of me, um, like uh, glorifying um, hard work. Yes, and like putting it on a pedestal, like very like early Gary Vee type of mindset, right? Of just like keep hustling. You're only work twelve hours a day. We'll work fourteen. So Dude, it it's necessary. Off the tail of that. It's necessary for a period of time. I do think so, and especially when you're first starting it out. Whenever it's super fucking hard to get going. You've got you've got to build some momentum. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you ha- the only variable you can control is your time and how hard you work. And you need to do that for a period of time so that later you can get that snowball rolling. You can be smarter. You can make better decisions, so on yeah. and so forth. But yes, continue. <laughs> that is, no, you're right. That is very true. Very true. And I think that within that like incubation period of like super, super hard work, because you're also, I mean, if you're like really motivated, like it's really fun. There were like, I remember the nights like going to a bar at like 10, 30 PM on a Saturday, a little bit like self-righteous maybe. And like thinking like I'm here, like hustling, working and everyone else is drinking. Like I I kind of would almost put myself, put put those stories up, like, Oh, I'm doing what I love Friday night, like 1130 PM. I I did the same thing. Which is awesome. And I think, you know, like you said, it kind of, it, you need to have that period. But I think like uh, when you go into that period, you reach a point where you start to think, I spend 14 hours a day doing all this. Like what, where's the meaningful work in this? Like what is stuff I really need to be doing? And what is stuff that I'm just like, um, it's actually, so it's in the book called Essentialism. He talks about effective work versus productivity um, or productive work versus effective work. And so trying to determine like what's work that's really effective in my life versus what's work that's just keeping me busy. Um, so for a long time with, um, my coaching, with my personal coaching systems, I used to do daily emails. Like that's what I did every day. You email me daily and it made me feel really busy. And like, I was adding a lot of value because I would do four hours of emails a day on top of everything else. Um, but I quickly realized one, I don't necessarily think that this is adding a lot of value to my clients, like results and, and what they're getting out of this. And two, this is stopping me from being able to not only do more effective work, but also think effectively too, which is something I've realized in the last couple of years, I haven't done a lot of time of just like reading and just thinking and just like goofing off, which I've learned like is so important and it's like easy to forget that. And so, um, yeah, I agree. There has to be a period of time where you're doing everything to really understand all the components, but, um, it's also important to really think through what am I best at? Like what, where am I going to get the most bang for my buck? And then, um, delegating or, or, or making it simpler. Dude, yeah, this is so. I'm I'm actually talking to uh, the University of Kentucky's dietetics profession class on Monday, and I'm I'm, oh, I'm nice. I made my own presentation, and I could do it about whatever I wanted, basically. And it was a diet it was a dietetics guide to becoming a successful adult, I think is what I called it or something. And one of the one of the topics that I'm that I'm covering is like one of the skills that they have to learn is how to make better decisions. Um, and one of the quotes that I read from somewhere or whatever, and and I know that this is <clears throat> obviously a very extreme example or whatever, but with Warren Buffett, it's like Warren Buffett spends a year thinking about making one act, but then that one act 
takes a lifetime, right? Like it, it, it expounds on an entire lifetime, right? So it, you take a very long time to make a decision, but then that decision, it's kind of like an essentialism. He's like, what one decision can I make that can eliminate a hundred other decisions, right? And so I think that whenever, whenever you're younger, you don't spend enough time uh, uh, just thinking about these decisions, thinking about who, who do you want to be around? Like, who do you want your friends to be? Like, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? Right? Like these things, I don't think people literally just sit in a, a room with, with no distractions and a pen and paper and just kind of think these through. I think that that's why I'm lucky I got into reading whenever I did, because it kind of forced me there. Right. I started reading about these things. I was like, maybe I should like think about my future more and, and figure this out. Um, and then, so, so yeah, whenever you, you get to, to this stage where you, cause I remember when you told me the, about the daily emails and then I think Jordan Syatt used to do the same thing. And I was like, that gives me so much anxiety just thinking about it because <laughs> I, I like, I hate doing updates once a week. I couldn't imagine doing them literally like every single day. So I think that that, that is a, that is a testament. Sometimes you have to have that, uh, uh, moment where you just clear your entire day, you get the whiteboard out and you're like, okay, what am I doing? What's working? What's not working? And like, where do I want to go? Like, what do I want my day to look like? And then try and figure it, reverse engineer and make a plan to get there. Right. Yeah, dude. No. Yeah. I love it. And that's even like knowing yourself too, from what you just said, the whole thing with the daily emails and it gave, gave you anxiety. Um, funny enough, I, I, like I said, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, cause I always joke that like, I'm like, Mr. Widget's best widget maker, like okay, in the factory. Right, like right. I can do, I can do monotonous work. All I could do like entering numbers in the cell sheet for eight hours a day. It's this <laughs> right. weird hermit crab type of thing, which I know is weird, especially for like, if you're like an entrepreneur. And so, um, funny enough, thinking through where I'm most effective at, um, there's like a, a business test you can take called the Colby test. And there's like different attributes to it. And one is like follow through. So like I am like a nine out of 10 follow through, but a one out of 10 quick start which means like I'm horrible at coming up with ideas. I'm a terrible at it. But once there's an idea, I can make that idea better. And so something like I've done in the last like year and a half has like literally partnered up with somebody who um, I used to work for um, once I like first got into the internet marketing world. Um, we've been talking, we just got together and said, we should just partner up because you like our, our differences complement each other um, in a way that's really effective. And so I don't know, like, I don't know if it, it took a lot of growth to get to a place where I'm like, in order for me to be the best, I have to have other people helping me be the best. And so us working together is way better than me trying to force myself to, you know, you know, do all the things at once. And so, um, I think that was a part of it too. I had to go through periods of time of realizing I'm really bad at like, or I'm not great, not bad, but I'm not great at, uh, coming up with ideas and like trying to run this thing by myself, but I am really good at doing this. And so putting myself in an advantageous situation. Isn't it, isn't it so funny how you think about that? You look back and you're just like, of course I should fucking do that. Of course I should hire somebody who's good yeah. at the weaknesses. Like, of course, like you have to have the, the money and capital and, and resources to be able to do that in the first place. However, whenever you get, that's kind of the point that I'm getting to where I'm like, there's a lot of quote unquote, like grunt work that, that I don't want to do that I could delegate to someone else. And so and, I, and I'm kind of getting to that point where I, I, I could do that because I'm actually, I am, I was, before you said you paired up with somebody, I was like, that sounds like, like we should pair up. I was like, cause I'm, I am the opposite. I am the, the ideas guy. I am much more of a creative and things like that. And actually with, with the coaching and stuff, um, I, I've said this before and, and I, I, I don't mean this as disrespect to my clients or anything like that because they give me so much fulfillment and I love helping them out, but I don't love 
fitness coaching, right? I, I, and I just, I don't love the, I've made so many damn training plans now. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't give me the same excitement that creating some type of new program or a product or even writing a sales page, which is what I'm doing now. I'm redoing my site. So I'm like, I'm redoing my sales page. And it's so exciting to me, like to, to go in and figure out, okay, what are the pain points that they're, they're trying to, to solve? Like, what is the person trying to figure out and, and how can I be that solution and how can I put that in a way? So it's just, it's kind of the craftsman mindset, the mindset and I think I'll stop talking. Don't worry. But I, I, uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I heard, love this. I heard. Do you know who Derek Sivers is? The the yes. entrepreneur. Okay, he, he he's in the he's in the so good they can't ignore you. Like Dude, towards the beginning of the book. So you sh- if you it. if you really want to find somebody who has been all in on the like enjoyment first, business second. However, he was so good at what he did in the enjoyment aspect because he was so obsessive with just like enjoying his everyday life. That's how he came. Uh, that's how his 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 uh, his company CD Baby came to be. And then it was so successful and things like that. And then he got to a point he was like, I had I had investors coming to me and like, you could do this. You can make 100% more on your uh, return and you can do this. He was like, I don't want to make more money. He was like, I'm happy with with what I'm doing. And and the analogy that he used is like, I don't sign up for a marathon and the marathon being business, right? Or or something that you love, right? He's like, I don't sign up for a marathon and then, you know, pick up a taxi to take me to the very end, right? Like I don't pick up a taxi to take me to the finish line. That kind of defeats the purpose of what I'm trying to do. And so so that's kind of I've tried to get away a little bit from the results oriented mindset a little bit and go more into the craftsman thing because I realize it's just so many it's just goal after goal after goal after goal and it's like if I'm not enjoying it or if I'm delaying my happiness or or gratitude until I get to X it's just like there's the majority of your life you're unhappy. You see what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's such a, it's so funny how cliche that is too. It's like, you hear it all the time. But right. Like that's cause like, I, it's, I personally believe like, that's like literally what holds everyone back in life. And like, we do it and you and I will do it in our lives again and again too. Right. I think what happens is you get better at recognizing it. And that's like the skill acquisition. It's, it's like understanding like when you're making decisions that may, are you like delaying like enjoyment for the future is, is like the cost there, right? Is it worth it? Right. Um, and I think that a lot of times, especially people who are in our situation where like maybe they're very career driven and entrepreneurship and they're kind of in charge of that direction, it's easy to get stuck in that mindset of like, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, which is for sure. If you're in terms of a business standpoint, you have to have that with your business. Um, but I don't necessarily think you should have that for your, your life. Right. Right. Um, because it, it delays like the enjoyment of, of, of doing the rest. So yeah, it's, it's a balancing act, right? Like it's, it's the, mm-hmm. I, and I think, um, this was, this was actually, cause the same thing goes for fitness, right? People do the exact same thing with fitness. They set goal after goal after goal, like their physique is never good enough. Right. And, and all that is, it's just, it's masking the real underlying issue. Uh, and I think that people, it doesn't matter if it takes place with, with fitness or if it takes place with business or in, in the worst case scenario, you know, it takes place with, with drugs or alcohol or just some type of vice or, or, or hedonism or, or constantly chasing pleasure. Right. They're looking for more, 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 um, it's just like you you have to be you have to be careful which which avenue you go down and if you don't recognize that if you don't have enough periods of self-reflection and and stop like just going in a certain direction you're like am i even going in the right direction in the first place 
Yeah. Um, I actually want to like, kind of like share like a, a thought I've been having, which is goes just in line with this um, because there's a balance, right? Because some people say like very driven people have big goals that they're shooting for. And, you know, there's also people who don't necessarily think at all about having goals, right? And they're not really doing anything with their life or they're kind of spinning their wheels. So there's a fine balance. But um, recently I was talking to somebody, I think it was just like an Instagram DMs or something. And they asked me like in my question box, I, I always get asked something like, how do I lose the last 10 pounds? And like, I'll typically say something along the lines of like, well, you know, let's make sure that you be, I'll give them the fitness answer. How can we get those 10 pounds off? But like recently I've been asking why do you want to lose those last 10 pounds? That's the first question, right? Um, because especially in, in fitness, I've shifted more maybe as my business has changed. I've cared less about trying to get to a specific number and more about how I get there and the, and the enjoyment of getting there. Um, it's shifted a lot of how I think about fitness too and, and with clients and helping them get results. Um, and I think that sometimes people will like set goals for themselves that are very ambitious um, and, and, and very high, but they don't necessarily, they kind of know deep down that they may not be able to get there. And, and they're kind of setting goals that are without out of reach because it's the fear of success. I think the fear of success holds so many people back because they don't want to necessarily like, they may not like who they are or certain parts about themselves. And they don't think that they're worthy enough to get to whatever level it is or to be happy right now. So they need to lose those last 10 pounds or they can't be happy until they have the, the, the seven plus figure company. Right. Um, and they can't be happy right now. So they kind of set goals that they in their brain a little bit know that they can't necessarily get to, or won't put the work in to get to. Right. And so, um, something I've been really big on is I, I really believe that most people are driven. Most people do want to be better and and it really comes back to setting realistic expectations for yourself and knowing what you really want out of life, right? Um, so maybe the person who wants to lose the last 10 pounds, maybe you don't want to lose those last 10 pounds. You're just like too scared of like feeling confident because you do feel confident, but you're like afraid of feeling confident because you feel like maybe you're not like lean enough, right? But like maybe practice more on like congratulating yourselves on getting to this point and being happy with where you're at, you know, and, and, and enjoying life here. Um, and the same thing with business for, for me, it's been really hard because like moving down to Austin, I was immediately surrounded by, I was immediately the, the smallest fish whenever I moved down here. I'm like, I went from being the big fish in like Columbus because no one else was there doing what I was doing. To, like now I'm like the smallest fish in terms of like how successful is your business by the numbers. Sure. Um, like we're all doing really well, but like now I'm the smallest fish and it's for a while there, I kind of fell back into the like, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Like, I can't do all these things. But then I've like more Get recently realized, right? But I think it also has allowed me to realize, oh, wait a minute. Like, maybe I don't need to be, I don't need to make, like, literally, like, um, like I have a friend, uh, like, who I've always kind of compared myself to down here, but I'm like, maybe I don't need to make as much money as him. Maybe I don't have to get to where they're going. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, it was literally, it seems so silly. It was literally an epiphany in my mind. And I realized this is advice that needs to be given to fitness clients. This is advice that needs to be given to literally like anyone in any situation. It's like, what is your goal? Not what is like the goal that you think everyone else would be amazed of if you re reached it. Like what's actually the goal that you want to achieve. And then, you know, I think that's the most motivating thing. And if you can really hone in on that, then, not only are you going to achieve that goal because it's something that is like realistic for you, but you're also going to enjoy the process this time around. Yeah. And you, and you just, this, this brings the circles back home to the point in the beginning that like business isn't everything. And that's what you've kind of realized. And it's the same thing with fitness. People realize that fitness isn't everything, but that that's kind of what they cling on to. That's their measure. That's what they're good at. And, and if that's the thing that's, if that's one of the only things that they're really good at, 
And then they realize, oh shit, you're around a bunch of other people that that are are way better at you making more money, uh, like in, in terms of business, financial, all these different things. Um, I talked about this uh, going going to the beach or, or something like that. How I would how I would go to the beach and I would I would feel good about myself and, and like I you know I I looked good. I was I was lean. I, I was muscular and things like that. But all it took was some other Steve Cook looking guy to come walking down the beach. <laughs> And I would instantly feel ashamed, guilty. I need to work harder. I need to do better. You know what I'm saying? Like all it took was that one little person to come in and then then kind of just shatter my entire reality. But then what you don't see is that that guy, all the work that that guy, I mean, it could be a genetic anomaly, which is very much could be the case, but you also don't understand like, that dude, his his finances could be in the toilet, right? His, his relationship could be terrible. He could be doing cocaine every single night. You know what I'm saying? Like you just you if you if you compare yourself to other people, I don't remember where I heard this. It was like you can't just pick and choose from this person how they how they look. You can't choose from this person how they run their business. You can't compare yourself to this person with their relationships. You can't build this transformer of this ideal god in your mind. You have to. If you if you envy Steve Cook, it's like you have to take you have to take his relationships. You have to take his relationship with his parents. You have to take his his vices. You have to take his addictions. All these other things that Steve would tell you, like or, or whatever, like this is this is something that's really shitty in my life that I'm working on that we can't see behind the scenes. But to us, we see it on the outside, like oh they're making this much money, they must be so happy. But then realize. They're they're looking at you and they're like, oh man, I bet you know he he's 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 going to bed early. He's enjoying himself with 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 Kaylin and his cats. He's hanging out. I'm still working on this <laughs> damn email or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. can look at this. Uh, it's just that's I think that's super important to consider. Yeah, I love that. Um, one thing I've always said is it's the difference between um, envy and jealousy. Um, so I know you used the word envy there a minute ago because. So, so moving down here, right? Um, there's a period of time. I think it, whenever I've been in a negative headspace, or I think whenever somebody's in a negative headspace about somebody else, so maybe it's you looking at Steve Cook on the beach. Anything that's coming from that that's negative, I think, is more so in the realm of jealousy, um, which I think jealousy is bad because jealousy is a, a very strong sign of like narcissism, like narcissism coming out of you, right? Like, like I want that. Like, why do they have it? Like, you know, I should have it. They shouldn't type of thing. Right. Um, whereas though, I think envy and these words are interchangeable. I just always try to use it and just like to separate the two terms because they're very similar. But envy, I think is a more positive word to use because I think it's okay to look at somebody and be like impressed by what they've done and to aspire to, to do that in some ways. Um, cause you, you need to have that too. Right. So like all the business friends down here who are super successful, I'm very envious of where they're at. Not that because they obviously deserve it. And I want to get closer to that and what they've created. Um, but it's a fine line because I don't want to be jealous of it because as soon as I get jealous of it, then I start to think I need to mirror them or I need to like, how can I beat them? Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's where the problem comes in. Um, whereas I think if you can, you know, envy people, then it's more so of like a, oh, it's really cool that you're doing this. I want to do more of that too and make that more part of like who I am and everything like that. Yeah, so, of course. Um, yeah, it's that fine balance. It kind of goes back to like the, the setting the realistic goals thing of like, you need to have ambition, you need to have goals set, but you need to be real about are those goals things that are really going to make your life better and are they realistic for you versus do you just think that they're, you know, going to give you this some type of like, you know, appearance of success. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a topic. It's, it's along the lines of a topic that I've covered on here multiple times. Um, it's the, it's, it's what I learned from the the book already free. It's a, it's a 
from a psychotherapist, but it also has Buddhism involved with it. And it's the concept that he talks about that he works on with his his clients is is the concept of being and becoming. And it's kind of the 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 push and pull between both of those. It's like a kind of accepting where you are, but then also striving to better yourself because you can't have like having one without the other. You're going to have some type of um, shortcoming in, in your in your mentality with things right you know and that it's the same thing with what i've talked about it with fitness like being able to love yourself have self-care accept who you are but then also try to strive to be better right to be a better person to help more people to do x y and z uh and, and i think that the I, I talked about this with it was actually a, a dr amelia thompson it was one of my couple episodes ago um she was she was great she said there's actually research on this and i think it's called like the the paradoxical theory of change or something like that and it is it's that paradox right and, and i think that that's so it's so hard to grasp, but if you if you can do that, work on work on the present, the here and now, enjoying the moment, enjoying this conversation that we're having, but then getting off of this and then still being inspired uh, or envious of someone else and, and trying to better yourself, like they're both right. There is no wrong answers. So let me you ask know? you this. Yeah, let me ask you, like, wh- what do you think then is like? Because I, I mean, I think this topic is so important because I think that this is like the catalyst for anyone to do anything. Right? Is I love that being and becoming thing. What do you think in your life then, um, let me interview you, what do you think in your <laughs> life has like been like uh, some type of activity that you've done on a regular basis that has allowed you to sort of sink in to that energy more? Because I think it's one thing to talk about. It. It's really hard, I think, to live it. So like, are there activities that you've done that have really helped you? I know there's some for me, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that definitely a lot of just contemplation, meditation, things like that, like spending more time thinking and just really like asking yourself, what, what is this all for? Like, what am I chasing? Like what, what is, what's the end goal here? Like why I think really questioning your emotions and doing that, going to those deep, dark places that people tend to hide from and suppress that come out later on through, through a variety of different things. But I think doing that deep inner work on a regular basis, I think this is, this is kind of the whole goal of meditation, right? Like just sitting there with your thoughts for, and you can do it a multiple different, a variety of different ways. But if you just sit there for, for 10 to 60 minutes, however you want to do it right you're there's a lot of shit that's going to come up like I, and i realize whenever i'm more stressed uh, i tend to do meditation more and i realize those are some of the hardest meditations because of course i'm sitting there i'm not doing anything then all like this the stresses which are in the forefront of my mind they tend to come up but then they force me to kind of deal with them and kind of think through them uh so so i think that i think that um, that would be one. I think reading in general, just reading philosophy, reading uh, other things, other stories from other people who are who are similar to me, or or at least like like hearted to me, because I think like minded people. You can't constantly be around like minded people because then you get involved with groupthink. You have to be with like hearted people, so people who have good intentions, who are pure, genuinely pure at their core, but maybe they think differently about you know who to vote for or something like that. Like I don't, it's whatever. Um, so I, I I think that like just being involved with with different people and that could be reading that could be you know talking with people people like you talking with with friends uh, who are in places where you want to be in a, in a certain area um, and then I think also contemplating death or, or just like realizing realizing that in in and this is the this is actually the 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 last section of the presentation that I'm giving to these students, right? It's it's called, and this is this is from Mark Manson actually, but it's called the uncomfortable truth about life. And I said what they won't teach you in college. And it was it was basically I made an Instagram post on it, but I was like, 
just just remember that that you and and every single person you know is going to die. And then one day you're going to die again whenever somebody says your name for the very last time ever. And I was like, you're, you're and then just just remember that every success, every failure, every little worry you've ever had, it won't matter. So in in that moment, so I was like, for now, knowing that, relax a little bit. I said, pour yourself a drink. I was like, and, and contemplate every beautiful little detail about life because death is coming for us all basically, right? Like that's, that's one we are all doomed. We are all guaranteed to die one day and everything that we're worried, like it's not going to matter. So we might as well at least try and enjoy it while we're here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like light them if you got them type of thing. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, um, I, I love that. And it's, it's funny because I know you talked a little bit there about like contemplating the future and where things are going to go. Um, which I think is always, I think, you know, everyone does that to a degree. Um, funny enough for me, I have found that the more I put myself in situations where I'm not thinking about what's going to happen next or what's happening in the future, the, the better my life becomes. Mm. Um, and so that goes back into, um, even rearranging, like, like on a practical level on a day-to-day basis, rearranging my day to where it used to be, I did all of my work first and then I would relax. I've actually started my day off. Now I will wake up and like, I dedicate like typically an hour and a half to two hours of just doing whatever I want. Whether it's um, reading, like reading has been like a priority. Because here are the things like in my life, I, I have to, I, I always try to prioritize the most important things um, and, and then make those the priority each day. So like right now, the biggest thing, biggest things for me in my life are fitness. Um, I would say education in the sense of just like reading more, learning more, just being well, just having more information, honestly, because um, I really value that. I value it in other people. And so I'm like, I want to have more of that. Right. Um, so I love like learning and I want to kind of force myself to get even more into like learning more. Cause I really like doing it relationships. Um, especially my relationship with Kaylin has, has been a huge priority. Um, and then relationships with other men, like, like just like male relationships, right. Just friendships like brotherhood. And those are the four big things. And I've spent like so much of my life up to this point, focusing only on business. And I kind of flipped the script to where now, like my priorities every day, first priority is, um, or, or kind of like in tandem, like is honestly like me time is like, like reading for myself, which then sets me up to be in a great situation for me and Kaylin's relationship to thrive. Um, which then sets me up when I feel like me and Kaylin are, are thriving together. My, my male friendships are thriving. And then once I have, once all my relationships are good and I feel good about learning and like, and I'm proud of myself for like stepping out and learning new topics and like contemplating thought it has made anything I've done in business way better because mm. the pressure is so low now. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but absolutely, um, I think that's important too. Whatever area of your life like stresses you out the most when you do it, that may be something that like maybe making sure that other things in your life are put together. It makes it easier to handle that stress. Cause whenever I'm stressed with business, but then like my relationship with Kayla isn't good. And then all this, this, and this, like, then it's a problem. So normally my business stress is only what happens if my business fails, all these other things happen. But I've noticed that the more I've like really taken care of myself and like done what I've wanted to do for myself and grown in those areas, that makes the business stress way easier to handle because that's not the priority, you know, as much so. Yeah, no, I, and I think it's, it's, it's super important because you realize that 
that uh, this is something that I read and actually in the book that I sent you, but he was, he was talking about how, uh, you know, money isn't going to make you have a healthy body. Like money isn't going to make you have a great relationship with your parents or with your spouse, right? It's not going to make you have a, a calmer mind. It's not going to make you, uh, be a better friend or a better brother or a better husband or, 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 uh, vice versa. Right. I think that this is something that we don't, we don't realize. And, and actually I was listening to, Sam Harris's podcast, a neuroscientist, he had a, another doctor on from Yale, um, who, or, or a psychologist, uh, I guess both. Right. Um, but she talked about the science of happiness and they did this 90 year long study or something on happiness with these graduates from Harvard. Right. And the, 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 the number one of the number one indicators on, on people who were happier versus the people who were unhappy was the ones who still had a close relationship with a lot of their friends. So that the people that they were around, their happiness indicators were way up. Right. And I thought that that was it's something that's just so crucial that people that's that's why my whole thing is more than fitness. Right. It is it is to use fitness to enhance your life because it is just one one part of it um so so yeah i think that i think that that's 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 something that is so key and that's probably a little bit less woo woo than what i was recommending so that's something more practical that people can can understand but i think yeah planning uh all of those different areas and just really paying attention to every single area and actually taking daily steps to make those better i think that that's 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 100 key dude that's key um i love that yeah, yeah, I think uh, we, man, this this is flown by, and I know you're you're a busy I feel guy. Like we just press start. We just kept. We just started going with no yeah. rhyme reason, which I love. I feel like this was also me and you catching up too. Like I just like logged in. And I just wanted to start talking. I just wanted to start like like talking at you all the things <laughs> I've been thinking about. And then- that's well that's why in the beginning i was like look first off let's get a quick introduction so that people who who maybe may not know you they can get that in and then we can dive into because this is probably a very similar conversation to what we would already have like even if the mic wasn't on um which 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 we'll have to do more of because i i love those chats as well it's so fun to just actually not have the mic on and then just speak freely not worry about uh giving as much value, you know? Um, so, so we'll definitely, we'll definitely have to do that. But, but this was, this was wonderful. This was the, this is the direction I was hoping we would go. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that we got to do it. Well, I was just gonna say, I know I need to visit New York. I have been to New York a few times though, but I'm not sure if you've ever been to Austin, Texas. I have not. And I would, I will a hundred percent. So, so we have like, we have to do our, um, our annual, uh, drunk cast in person. Um, <laughs> yeah. we still have the same, we still, have, we still have the same rug that the miracle <laughs> rug that survived an entire glass, glass of wine spill. The mi- red, I literally red miracle wine. rug. It, yeah. Fixed it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you'll have, you'll have to come down though. Cause, uh, it'd be fun to do, to do that here. So I a hundred percent will. And I, w- I want to come see Sean. I want to come see Kaylin. I want to see everybody. Um, so I'm, I, I'm definitely excited to do that, but yeah, just for, for reference, last time I was, I stayed with, with Carter and Kaylin, they had a white rug right before we were about to do our podcast <laughs> Q and a podcast. And I was trying so hard to be careful and I knocked over an entire glass of red wine on their white rug. And I felt terrible the rug i think we got the rug that week oh my gosh i (laughs) felt so bad i was like how much is the rug like i I wanted to buy you a new rug like instantly i was (laughs) like i'm so sorry um but luckily whatever you guys used to get that off it fucking worked (laughs) 
<laughs> Carbana. If anyone has, if your cat, like, listen, if you have three cats, then you are very well versed with what Carbana is because you're cleaning up puke twice a day. But um, if anyone else, if you've like, are ever worried about that, if you have like white rugs, Carbana, it's amazing. It's like a little, like a brush with soap. It cleaned out the wine. I was, I was literally, I almost like wanted to call them. I wanted to like, listen, like, can I talk to the to the, like the CEO of your company. It was like a commercial, <laughs> like where they, they do it, they yeah. like spill it on purpose and then they get it off. I was like, yeah. that's amazing. Like that, that's a product that really yeah. works. We should, Carbana, hit me up. You're going to be the first sponsor of this podcast and this is going to be our first <laughs> ad read, right? Um, I love it. That's perfect. All right, yeah, no, we, we will 100% do it. I want to talk to you for like two minutes off air real quick and then um, we can, we can, I can, I can let you go. But real quick, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, man. So, um, really like mostly on Instagram at Carter good is, uh, my username there. Um, if they want to learn more about kind of like the brand I've been creating since I've spent a lot of time kind of branding myself, um, which is cool. Right. But, um, I've spent a lot of time in the last year branding leaner for life, which is kind of, uh, my mission to like make it bigger than me, right. Like create something awesome. So if they want to learn more about leaner for life, um, they can literally go to leanerforlife.com Um, and no look around. We're, we're still actually in the stage of like developing and changing it, but, um, yeah, Carter good on any social media and then leanerforlife.com would be the, the website to check that out. Yeah. You guys should a hundred percent do that. Carter's one of the best in the game. I've creeped around there for, for business, but then also I'm just looking around like, this is fucking great. Like this looks good. It looks simple. <laughs> it looks, uh, you know, prestigious. It looks great. It looks great. It looks awesome. Um, so yeah, congrats on everything that you've done. I'm sure that so many people are, are, are thankful and, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for the, for the work that you do for everyone else, dude. Thank you, man. Same back to you. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at mattmcleod 6 I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one, -on -one, for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, and anything you else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.